correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Begin transmission of Geekhead Radio. Hey! It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> You're way too good here. at that. <laughs> it's a me, a Mario. Sounds a little too Gungan to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a me, a Mario. <laughs> I'm gonna have to be doing the entire podcast like a this. Oh. <laughs> oh boy, boy, you so no sir. <laughs> that not a. Fu- <laughs> Ah. <laughs> That's not a funny joke. Excuse me. Clayton, you're closest. Can you drive down there and stop? <laughs> Do you have three hours? Do you have three hours to, to wait? Hey, I'm I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm 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 ready for the bitch slap. It's... You could just stay there for a moment. Just hold on. <laughs> just hold on. I'm 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 ready for the bitch slap. I'm here. It's it's all good. So before before we move forward, I'm just curious. I recall some time ago in one of your, the other podcasts <clears throat> with Order 66, you had ordered a sound mixing board that yeah. was a USB connection. Yeah. Um, at some point, I will have to get that information from you because yeah, man, I can give you been... I can give you uh, the the place we order our sound gear from. Um, uh, they are not the cheapest, and that doesn't mean they're hundreds of dollars more expensive. It means they're about five to six percent more than other places. Man. But the customer service and speed at which they respond is phenomenal. Oh, um, right. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, issues with merchandise, they respond back quick. You get your shit in like a week. It's great. Um, no, dude, I, c- I can point you to. Uh, honestly, it depends on how much money you're willing to spend. It depends on how good it is. Probably not as much as Dave's setup. Dave's setup is surprisingly inexpensive. Hmm. Um, I, I know because I have his setup. Aha. <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have to pick your brain on that at another time. You may pick away. Leaving that one alone. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so ba- basically. Um, how we've done this before when we've had guests on is is you know basically treat you as a guest co-host so feel free to jump in at any time that's dangerous okay it is but uh you know depends on how much time you've got available uh depends on how funny you guys are that's the bottom line i'm just saying you know if you guys are lame i'm fucking gone man i'm just uh i make no guarantees well, I spend the entire podcast being a target for everyone else, so there's there's enjoyment in that. That's, that's a very important task. Somebody has to take it on. So you're saying we need to hone your your verbal barb skills is what we're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's poor, fair. Poor play. I will step <laughs> into the I will step into the line of fire unwittingly, repeatedly, take advantage. Mm-hmm. Let the innuendos fly. <laughs> Ooh. Where do you guys live, out of curiosity? 
Go ahead. I'm in, Aust- I'm in Austin. Oh. I'm in Colorado Springs. Ooh. And I am in Salt Lake City. SLC. Yes, sir. Yeah. Have you ever Man, tortured got... yourself? Dude, I got and... like I, I I got I picked up the best hooker in Salt Lake City. I'll tell you nice. what. Nice. No. I I'm probably hard. work with her. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know when I think Salt Lake City, I think hookers. Um, Seems to be what everyone thinks. No, no, no your, your city, your, your your city, your city is lovely, but it is far too clean. Uh, you should you should enjoy the inversion. Uh, um, when when have you last been here? Uh, about oh, just recently, like uh, twenty years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's been it's, it's it's been a while. But I, I, what, I, I recall. Yeah. yeah. I recall, I recall as a 12-year-old boy um, going and uh, and and being amazed at how clean the city was. Uh, maybe that has changed. It's been 20 years. Um, we have a far yeah. more actually Salt Lake City itself is actually far more liberal um, than it ever used to be. So it it makes it a little bearable. It's well, a keep, keep in mind. I, I live in I live in a city where you know, like you walk around downtown. It's like, don't touch that. You'll get Hep C. You know, it's like. <laughs> so. Yeah. I can point you to those direct where, where those areas like... of town. Well, no, I'm talking about like like the the a couple of the churches. You know. <laughs> where is I live, that? I, I live in Dallas, Courtney. Oh, okay. Big D. Big D, which is probably actually cleaner than Austin now that I think about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I, I would, I would say I would hate to admit that, but ew, I'm, I, I am here for the work. But dude, uh, we, but dude, come we're, on, you talking, you talking well, up like it's you know the awesomest place on earth, and so you know everything's so pretty, and look at the views and the pictures. Austin's Austin's. Austin's yeah. beautiful. Austin's beautiful, but downtown is fucking dirty. Oh. <laughs> um, but but both Austin and Dallas are like like a sterile like like surgery operating table compared to Houston. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So we got that going for us. Just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Austin is all about entertainment and food and beer and beer. Wonderful beer, wonderful tequila, mm-hmm. um, and I thirty five accidents every day. Yeah, that's just thirty five. It's not unique to Austin, trust me. I I'm glad I I don't have to to brave that. Well, uh, your wife uh, got in a pretty serious accident a while back, didn't she, Chris? Uh, uh, to, it was serious for the car. Um, oh, okay. Well, it, it, yes, it was very serious. Uh, uh, she was not injured, so in that sense, it was not serious. But I'm, I just, I don't know how she was not injured. Um, if you, she was in, pregnant too, wasn't she at the time? Uh, yeah, she was six weeks away from her due date. Yes. <laughs> uh, so she was, she was hella pregnant. Um, and yeah, the car, the, she totaled an SUV. Do you know what <sighs> it takes? Do you know what it takes to total an SUV? Wow. Ball. Um. And she she didn't have a bruise. She oh no, she had a bruise on her arm from the airbag. That was it. That's amazing. So, yeah, it was trippy. And I was out of town on business. Oh, that must have been so relaxing. I was flying back that day. They didn't. They intentionally did not tell me because I like 
like I w- it happened two hours before my flight was going to leave. So it's like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they intentionally did not tell me. And when I first found out that out, I was so pissed off. And then like two days later, I was like, yeah, I'm really glad you guys didn't tell me. So I just would have, you know, started running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be the flash. I'm going to get there right away. Yeah. So. Well, OK. So shall we just do a, a brief summary and then get into this so we're not here until all I, out? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm derailing you guys. Just let, let well, me know. Well, I need about doing. five minutes if if I'm going to not fake my drink of the show because I need to brew up these strange herbs that uh, that Renee found in her closet from Turkey. So That sounds wrong. That's, yeah, yeah. It probably, you, you, don't, you don't make tea out of that, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> My shoe smells funny. I'm going to soak the sole. Oh, you, you roll that up in some papers and then. <laughs> well, let me tell you, make some damn fine tea, too. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's fair. I'm okay, sure go. she sees the colors. So I'll be right back. Okay. So I, that, that, that makes the question, does, does Chris have a drink for the show? Dude, I'm already a sheet to the wind. I've, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I had I had I had a delightful mixed drink at dinner and I have just popped the top on a blue moon winter abbey ale. Ooh. So I, I'm I, currently I, consuming one of my home brewed porters. You brew your own porter? Yes, I do. Dude, will you have sex with me? Um <laughs> Depends on what else you want to bring to the table, but I'm open. That's fair. My wife gets to be the table. <laughs> Alright. I guess I guess my wife gets the distribution rights then. Uh, okay, now I might draw the line there, okay? Because <laughs> this, this is a money-making venture for moi. Just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so I do don't you, know what else. What, what else do you brew? I mean, have you? Are you? How long have you been brewing? Oh, it's it's very recent. Um, it was my pre-Christmas gift because my wife didn't want to try and wrap it. So this is oh. actually my first. Uh, brew and the porter has come out just fucking amazing, dude. That sounds incredible. The only so a... I was just Go gonna ahead. say, I've got an Irish red that's in the secondary fermenter right now. So I love beer. I love. I just love alcohol. Um, I my, my <laughs> only my only home pseudo brewing experience has not been beer. It's been uh, um, homemade wine wine esque. No, no, it's re- it was really good. It's this. Uh, I I forget what it's called. There's a name for it. They do this in Germany, apparently, where they'll take uh, uh, the first grapes of the spring and they'll they'll make uh, they'll put in this yeast mixture and and let it bubble for like four eight hours and it turns into a a, a pretty nice little little alcoholic fruit juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they sell these packets on uh, on like you can buy this shit on ThinkGeek. Yeah. But it, it's like it's these little packets of yeast and there's a rubber stopper assembly that comes with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a bubble airlock. So and... it's liquid yeast. No, it's it's powder. Hmm. Um, OK. And it, it comes in like a crystal light packet almost. Yeah. <laughs> You you buy a you buy a bottle of like Welch's grape juice or you can use other fruit juices, but it has to have a very high sugar content. Yeah. Um, and you just you, you take the plastic cap off, throw it away. Pour the pour the yeast in and just put this stopper assembly on the top and just let yeah. it ferment for two days, and and when it's done you have this mildly carbonated fruit juice. Only two days, <laughs> dude. And that's that's this should get you drunk. 
uh, and it, but it, but that's the thing is it's it's got a shelf life of like a matter of days because it, uh. it, it, every every day you let it ferment the it, it's actually the, the more alcoholic it gets but also the tartar it the the more tart it get, becomes because it eats up more sugar which makes sense. Um, so if you drink it early, you have this really sweet little frambois type thing. And later on you get more something akin to wine, but after, after a week, it's, it's toast. It's, it's, it's slurry. And, and so you, <laughs> you, you have to, you have to drink it. You have to, you have to plan out when you're going to drink it, you know, and it, it I'm telling you, I'm telling you it, it's great. It's great. And they sell this shit to an eight year old. So, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just yeast. I mean, hell, when I was six, I could have made this shit, you know, I, <laughs> You leave shit underneath your your. Uh, well, I can tell you how to make a prison uh, hooch. You know, thanks to my clients. So you know. Oh wow! Are you too are, far. Are, are you a lawyer? No, I'm actually a forensics uh, therapist. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's fascinating. Oh yes, oh yes. I got my BS in psych. Very nice. Five years in a thesis to realize I didn't want to do grad school. <laughs> I've been out of grad school now for about a year, and it it and it seems like <clears throat> a flashback whenever I think about a paper. <laughs> but the psych assessments are enough to make me just kind of forget that, and it's like, fuck, I wrote bigger papers than this. This is nothing. Yeah, I can yeah. write twenty pages about you know why he wants to fuck his mother. Yeah. Oedipus. Ah, yes. But enough uh, about but... my vampire in Courtney's vampire game. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna. Oh, we'll 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 definitely talk about that. Yes. So anyway, with the news that we've got here, Phil, I I I think we need to. <clears throat> I don't want to rush it, but dude, I've got all I've got all the time in the world. It's totally up to you guys. Okay. Um, is Courtney back? Almost. I'm coming up the stairs. Uh, I've already cracked into my second homebrew, so I'm either Uh-oh. gonna be blitzed or i'm gonna be sober by the end hmm. well i picked up my a, a double shot of my 25 year old scotch so once my oh. cider once my you fucker what are you, what, what are you what are you drinking there uh the the something i can't pronounce it does start with does it start with the word glenn, glenn? It, yeah. yeah it does start with the word glenn that's the only part of the word i can pronounce glenn levitt glenn fittick glenn marangy glenn glenn margie Glenn Marge, oh, this okay. is a man who knows his scotch. That is, that is my poison of choice. Ooh, I am a I am a Glenn Levitt fan. Um, when uh, uh, God, two years ago when the Super Bowl was in Dallas, mm-hmm. um, you know, old school on the forums, the, and the host yeah. of Small but Vicious, uh, he and his flatmate obviously live in Glasgow, and they're American football fanatics, and so they planned the trip out, and they spent two weeks in Dallas. Um, hmm. And you know, we hung with him for a long time, and you know, he, he ran some Warhammer for us. It was really cool. I remember uh, that. But uh, he was like, you know, well, can I, can I, can I bring you anything from, from, from Scotland? And I'm like, uh, yeah, Glenn Levitt. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the bottle of Glenn Levitt would be fantastic. He's like, okay, what do you want? Like a, like a 25 year, or a 20 year? I'm like, dude, I don't want you to break the bank or anything. He's he's like, what? It's good on the market. It's like 12 quid. I'm like, are you telling wow. me it's 12, you tell me it's 12 pounds for a 25 year old bottle uh. of Glenn Levitt? He's like, yeah, and like, yeah, because that's about a hundred bucks here. I just want you. No to- shit. I'm I'm just yeah. So he brought me a 25 year old bottle of Glenlivet. They are. Do do they have uh, twin liquors in Dallas, Chris? No. Darn. They are doing a Burns tasting at the end of this month to celebrate mm-hmm. 
his his birthday and so all every twin liquor is doing five different evil spirits mm. and it's just like going around and looking at, at each one going oh, but I want to go to these three but they're all at the same time how how do I get to all three <laughs> clone yourself and then bring back the alcohol and it's it's like okay well they have like one that's all it's five different Glenn Levitts <laughs> um, and then there's <laughs> And then there's one that is all. Hang, hang, on, hang 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 on. I'm, I'm, I, I gotta finish here. Okay. Sorry, I gotta eat the next. <laughs> sorry, I just had to rub one out. I'm sorry. <laughs> each each door has a theme, so it's like there's like one. There's it's it's all it's all from one island. It's five different manufacturers all from some island, and I'm like. Which one? God, enough, you rat bastard. You're going to make me drive to Austin. Um, <laughs> all right, are we ready? <laughs> yeah, we should really get started. Yeah, hold on one second. Let me turn down the heat. Because all this is gold. I'm just saying. We're wasting gold, guys. Oh, That's what I keep no. yelling at Courtney over. I know. I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, I shut up. Nothing has been wasted. Good. I haven't hit record. I... <laughs> Um, but I am doing it now, and we can edit out. So Yeah, but the best thing is I've been recording the entire time, so. Uh, outtake reel. Yeah, 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 well, I, yeah, outtake reel. Yeah, real. I saw you post it on the fucking site. <laughs> God. Oh, douche. All right. Where's my notes? <laughs> All right. Ready? Bye. My cat yeah, yeah. is staring at me like she's going to do something loud any moment. <laughs> she's got that look. She's calculating. I had to integrate in my dog crashing into my office <laughs> when I had Chris West on the show. <laughs> my so, desk right now I won't is worry a about curious it. Jenga tower of I don't even know what. And yeah, the cat's looking at it like, oh yeah, I can do something with this. <laughs> watch, watch Wait, this. Did I hit record? I don't Fuck. know. Did you hit record? I'm going to hit stop and I'm going to start again. <laughs> there we go. I'm just the backup reel. Yes, it's, you it's are. A, it's it's a button. It's usually got like a the, the symbol is like a. It's a big red button. Yeah. It's red. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Starting in three, two, one. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Doom. Ah. Uh, and that's a wrap. Hey, we got a record. Thank you, Chris. You were awesome. No worries. Deeply yeah, appreciate it. You. Yeah, it. Uh, I. You. I don't know what it is about. How, you can speak so eloquently uh, on this subject that it just draws people in, and I just don't understand how you do it. Well, thank you. Speaking is a part of speaking is a part of my job, and I. I I I am I am trained to speak off the cuff. <laughs> well, what totally. do you want to talk about? I'm oh, I'm going to big <laughs> How about that? Uh, we'll do you the favor and edit that one out. <laughs> oh, I don't. Twins, I don't I'm not going to edit anything else out. Fuck them. Uh, 
<laughs> I think you're safe because I think most of the people who don't listen to your podcast really don't listen to us. So, <laughs> well, uh, uh, direction of gaming. Let's talk about that because you said don't get me started on that right now. But are, are we still recording? Technically, still recording. Okay. Okay. Cool. Did you need to? Did you need to take off? For- um, well, I feel bad. My husband has been has been banished downstairs for the last three hours. <laughs> yeah, I guess it has been three. Yeah, yeah. And um, bring him up here. Give him a give him give him a proper apology. You know what I'm saying? Let us right. let us let us, <laughs> let us listen. Whether he was, you know, if we weren't recording anymore, I was going to tell him he could come up. <laughs> he can say, come, come up. On up. Say, come yeah, on up. Bring him up. Let me let me, uh, let me roll your dice. Okay. And by dice, I mean testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Whitlin, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So, yeah, you you were mentioning um, how you felt about the direction that uh, gaming is going in general. It's just fascinating. I've talked about this on Order 66, but it's... it's, um, uh, it, it's 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 the pendulum of RPG design. It's very interesting. Um, uh, for a very long time, role playing games that came out were extremely uh, what I would call tactically minded. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. Uh, where you know you got your maps, you got your minis, and you're ah, you whole and and um, uh, no no offense to uh, to our World of Darkness players out there, but 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 you know. That had really, that has really, you had really fallen off into sort of a wayside of, of role playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jesus, okay. Jesus. If if you go to Gen Con and go to World of Darkness's booth, it's kind of pathetic now. They I had mean, a bar there two years ago. Or two years ago, ago, they had a bar. They weren't even selling games. They turned it into a bar. Yeah. I, I think it's because they they killed they killed their golden goose. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean that's that's kind of the thing, but it's like, look, man, from from 2001 till about three years ago, it was D and D or nothing, man. It was they ruled the freaking world of of gaming, <laughs> um, and, and it was it was third edition it started to. I mean, it really influenced everything, and in no small part thanks to the OGL, you know, the open gaming license it had. It it made it so easy for any third party publisher to well, shit, we got this this eight hundred pound gorilla that you know is people are are you know taking piggyback rides on. Why not jump on that bandwagon? It became easy, and and it became the de facto choice for production. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Things started changing. It's, it's it's it was a pendulum swing. It got more and more and more tactical and more complex, and and the culmination of which was fourth edition, which was basically a mini war game. Yeah, that um, it was too heavily influenced by MMOs. Yes, and and some some will some some will say no, but I others would call that a tactical decision, a a a, a <laughs> at the time potentially wise tactical decision. Um. I I don't know, but but the the, the point is um, that the, the pendulum swung so far that it started to, to piss people. I mean, I mean, for God's sake, the second podcast we ever had on D twenty Radio was Radio Free Homlet, you know, which was a podcast devoted to fourth edition. Yes, and they willfully pod faded. 
after a couple of years. It was like, yeah, we're just kind of done with the system, and they loved it. Um, you know, we had we had the power source, um, and and you know all this fourth edition love, and 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 it's like you know, so now I think the pendulum is swinging in the opposite direction, and and people are moving back towards. Um, something different. They're trying to move away from that. Uh, and it's moving towards this indie game model. Indie games are what's hot right now. And, yeah. and, and as a result, indie, indie games are the ones winning any awards. Indie games are the ones blowing out Kickstarters. Indie games are the, I mean, my God, Evil Hat, have you seen what their Kickstarter is up to? No, but I've been terrified to uh, do anything with a uh, Kickstarter with role-playing games after a very specific uh, license. Oh, you can talk about it? What? Oh, my good friend, Gary Sarley. Yeah, we can talk about that. Frank, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Gary's listening, and if he is, I think he, I think he owes us all an explanation. So I really uh, – um, I'll, I'll bitch about Sarley. I mean, I, I know Sarley well, and, and I'll – He lives, I, like, not too far from you, if I recall. No, nope, about 45 minutes, or he did. Um, Sorry, Courtney, did you ask what happened there? Yeah, what happened? Okay, so – Mr. Sarley, who was one of the primary editors of the original, if I recall, uh, uh, Saga, Saga Edition core book, mm-hmm. um, he decided that based off of all the house rules that he had been compiling over time with Saga Edition that he wanted to come up with a generic system. So using this model, um, he believed that if he could get enough money from his Kickstarter, what he could do is just basically publish these house rules and make it a generic system so – my big draw was, uh, you know, could make a Mass Effect role-playing mm-hmm. game. That's how I sold my wife on it. And uh, it was right about the time that uh, tax season was – we had gotten our taxes, and, and we went, hey, let's throw $200 down. Um, we'll get – Oh, we'll, you were – oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we did, and um, – and, you know, we were supposed to get all these copies of the books and, and everything. And I was in on a couple of the conference calls. And it became very evident that um, Gary was too easily influenced by the very vocal nerd minority. And all of a sudden it went from being discussions about, um, you know, this is these are my house rules. This is what I want to implement. These are the small little minor changes that I want to do. And he allowed the system to run away from him. Mm. and it got way out of control to the point where it was no longer a D20 system. And he <sighs> had just meltdown after meltdown and could not reach deadlines, and it got to the point where um, basically he's completely disappeared, oh. and he somehow walked away. The... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. He's well, walked the, away. The man with... hasn't posted on – he's walked away with 10 grand, yeah. And uh, the man the man hasn't posted on his own forums in over a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not uh, I, I just I, I don't know. The, the, what, what pisses me off is that I mean, Gary had had a rep in the industry, and 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 I mean, any reputation he had is now gone. It's just yeah. uh, no, and and quite frankly, should be. Um, the, the 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 biggest the biggest and what, what really what really pisses me off. Um, uh, about about this whole situation is what you just said. What you just said, Aaron, is that that because of that asshole, um, uh, you're now not going to contribute on Kickstarter to RPGs. Um, 
However, that, that, <laughs> that, that is a different discussion. There are yeah. some – if it's a seasoned production house, you can count yourself safe or, or somebody with a, with a long history of publishing. Sarley underestimated what it was going to take is the bottom oh, line. Yeah. The, man's never, the man's never published an RPG before. Editing and doing freelance work is not publishing an RPG. No. Um, but look, look, man, Jesus, Mary, I, I, I'm, I'm, do you mind if I rant? Uh, I rant just, away. Look, so the founders of D20 Radio, we created a sister company, as you guys know, Gamer Nation Studios. And I have for your game. <laughs> you have our game, our first game yes. that we funded on Kickstarter, right? My okay. wife is one of your cards. Uh, which one? Uh, she's Nairi the Great. Oh, your wife's Nairi. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so, uh, uh, fulfillment's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fulfill, fulfillment is a bitch. But, but look, man, you can promise something. Listen, d- d- like in my time on Order 66, I've had these ambitions that I was going to write these modules and get them fit for publication and give them out free to the Gamer Nation. I seem and, to recall and, those. <laughs> and, and all this stuff, right? But when, it, when, the, when, when, when the water hits the pan and the steam comes up, it, you're only going to catch what's important. That's a horrible I'm, – apparently I'm terrible at metaphors. Uh, <laughs> uh, you look, might need look, to refill your drink. I might need to, I might, I'm, I'm, I'm getting sober. That's the problem. Um, uh, uh, absolutely. That's the problem. Uh, here's the deal. That's all well and good, but life got in the way work. I had a baby. Okay. Um, shit like that gets in the way. So that kind of stuff goes on the back burner. That is stuff that is done out of the goodness of my heart because of the fact that I have some free time and would think about, like, maybe wanting to try and do this. The instant you have collected money mm-hmm. from someone, it is no longer optional. Nope. And maybe I'm wired differently in this frame, uh, you know, as a professional and a product manager professionally, I I – when there's money involved, that is the priority. Your yes. family comes second, okay, because there is money involved. You don't fuck around. You don't – I don't care. I don't care what personal issues you have. I don't care what health issues you have. I don't care what emotional or mental issues you have. It's business. It is fucking business, and you don't screw with that. And maybe that's me. Maybe I'm weird in that regard. Okay. No. No. Not. no. It, it, it is. It is business. There is yeah. nothing more important than that. Everything else has to take a back seat, and you need to grab your nutsack and you need to man up and find a way to make it happen. And if you can't, you need to keep communication lines open and let Agreed. people at least know what the hell's going <laughs> on. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I, that, that's my rant. I, I I'll even say this. I was. Do you, do you guys know? So the last time Gary Sarley posted on his own forums was 2012, December of 2012. Um, December. Two, at, no, it wasn't 2012. <laughs> or excuse me, excuse me, 2011. Sorry. Yeah. Um, over a little over a year ago. Um, and hasn't given any updates on the game. Uh, in the spring of 2012, did you know he contacted us about sharing a booth at Gen Con? Technically, yes, I do. Off the record. 
Um, well, it's on the record at this point. I don't care. At this well, point, now it is. I'm not. I'm not going to say who I got it off the record from. <laughs> so, so just well, out no, of respect. I mean, uh, uh, well, okay, that, that's fine. But he he had contacted because we 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 were we shared a booth in 2012 uh, for Edition Wars with with Chris West and Maps of Mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd contacted uh, us and said, "Hey, could, we, could I share a booth with you guys? You know, to do E20 because I can't afford my own booth this year." And, um. Considering all the failed and missed deadlines and everything else like that, and at, at the Gen Con in 2011, he was supposed to have had it released and 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 be playing like like demo games, which he flaked out on because he had some kind of nervous breakdown or something in the middle of the con. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, we, I was I was being polite and and basically saying, you know, and, and also honest. I mean, like, dude, it's a 10 by 10 booth. You know how hard it was just to fit two vendors in that booth. Um. There's just no way we would even have the space. And he was sending us spreadsheets and Visio diagrams. <laughs> wow. Like oh. saying, saying, no, we can make it work. Look. That's a lot and of effort spent on that. Effort that I guess could have been done doing other things. I don't know. Um, but in the back of my head, I, and I was just kind of firm and I was like politely no. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, th- I'm saying to myself, the real reason I don't want to do this is because I know that you're not going to fulfill this. Yep. Or at least I'm scared that you're not. And if you're not, I do not want my first booth at Gen Con for this new game that we're trying to release to be the bitch session for E20. I don't want people to come to our booth to bitch about E20. Yeah. And and that's the bottom line. And I I, you know, and and it, and it 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 didn't release and it went away. And it just the whole saga of his of the updates he was posting. Well, I don't have this done because because I can't I can't finish work because I'm waiting on on people to finish. It was nothing but blame shifting that they said they were going to finish. But, you know, but oh, these people can't finish. Haven't done haven't done their stuff uh, because, you know, the the book's not done and we're not at the right production. It's like I can't do my stuff because they haven't done their stuff and they haven't done their stuff because of uh, the I haven't done my stuff. And it's. Yeah. I. Anyway, so well, it, it's really sad. It's very unfortunate because Gary was a respected guy, and and he, uh, um, I, I fear has 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 blackballed himself out of the entire industry where he'd spent decades building up a very decent reputation. Mm-hmm. And um, it's 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 sad and it's very unfortunate. I wish him the best. I hope I hope he's healthy. I hope he's 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 finding a way to recover from whatever it is. But by the same token, he's got some unresolved issues. Oh, that yeah. are there with his consumer base that need to be rectified, um, whatever that takes. So I, I just I'm there. But having said that, man, I mean, you just got to be due diligent with Kickstarter. You, I mean, if if somebody has published a game before, it's cool. Um, and and if the sheer amount of money they might be getting, it, it's cool. The the amount of non fulfillment on Kickstarter is surprisingly low. And I've I discovered mean, that because my um. First off, you know, I'm going to pimp him again. Charlie Brumsville, who does oh. Burnout Radio. I We did his uh, Artisan Dice, and we've we've tried to get him on. We just kind of missed the boat. For, uh, well, just... he's, he's got a new baby at home. Yes, um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he, lives, he, lives in, he lives in our area as well. He actually yeah. went to college with my wife. Awesome. Uh, we did not know that until Charlie and his crew showed up at a gaming event we ran. <laughs> and my wife was like, Charlie! And and it was like what? And apparently they went to college together. 
So, I mean, we we uh, we funded his artisan dice, and we yeah. Clayton and I have been in contact with him a couple of times. So he is going to be on the show. Um, my wife found one that was dice made out of the volcanic ash of Vesuvius. Yeah, <laughs> and so she's got these heavy dice that are made out of. <laughs> Okay, such a bad idea. Pyro, pyroplasmic so flow or whatever. Wow. Okay, so do you would you like would you like a spoiler that even people on the Order sixty six podcast don't know yet? Ooh, yes. And I'll maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell that spoiler here for the first time ever. Okay, let's see if we can get this part po- uh, posted before your show airs on Sunday. But go ahead. Um. <laughs> uh, well, I I don't even think I'll be talking about it on Sunday, quite frankly. All right. Okay. Um. Uh, because honestly, it, it's not going to happen for a few months in terms of the contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Charlie and, and Artists and Dice, obviously, they make these these these. They start out making D6s out of these incredibly rare hardwoods and stuff like that. Yes. Um, well, you know, they're making polyhedrals now. Yes. Uh-huh. He, he got the he got the die set and all that done right. He has made for me. These are not for sale, and they never will be for <laughs> obvious reasons. He has made for me, out of the appropriately colored hardwoods, a complete set of Edge of the Empire dice. Oh, my God. And oh, ho, ho, ho. They, will, they will be the prize for an upcoming contest at the end of quarter one uh, before the core rulebook releases. Wow. I am drooling. <laughs> That's pretty, that is pretty stinking cool. Yeah, he actually, he actually made them last year. Um, and we've been he's been been hanging on to him. Huh. So, uh, it, yeah. Oh man, I'm looking at my I'm looking at my dice right now, just going, oh, if they were in these woods, because I've got the other set right here of my Jack Daniel barrel wood. I'm like, oh. Because I mean, I mean, he's got. I mean, because you, you got all the woods. You got red wood. You've got you got purple hearted oak. You've got you know the green the green colored wood, the naturally green colored wood. Mm-hmm. You've got yellow. You've got per, you know uh, black and and blue and all that and. He's got he's got it all. Um, really, really amazing is is what it will be. But anyway, on Kickstarter, man, you've got all these these RPGs that are funding, and and they're like so freaking amazing, dude. Um, People had his. I'm looking at the page. They had, their next Kickstarter goal is two hundred and eighty five thousand. What have they, have they broke a quarter million yet? Has that the they're at 271,000. Oh, yeah. yeah. With, with 13 days left. I mean, have you, and have you, have you guys played Fate at all? Have you played Dresden or? I have not. I, I got Dresden for Christmas. I haven't read it yet. Oh, it's, it's, I it's, hear it's, good things about it. Dresden's phenomenal. The system really captured the IP extra, exceptionally well. Hmm. Um, but I, I got introduced to Fate through Spirit of the Century because I'm a big fan of Pulp. And, um, and and Spirit of the Century at this point is is a great introduction to the Fate mechanic, and it's uh, uh it's a lot of fun. And you know, playing playing a 1920s superhero, you know, or or you know, pulp action hero is just oh, that makes fun. me giddy. Uh, uh, but but the, the the Fate system is so great. Fate Core, which they're doing right now, um, it's so good. It, it's cl- easily the cleanest best version of fate that i think they've made so far and it th- this is this is the key thing that that in the first red flag that sarley should it should teach you okay okay with with a with with one or two exceptions 
if you're going to fund an RPG on Kickstarter, that RPG needs to have already been written. Yes, yeah. I agree a thousand percent. Uh, uh, because because and this is part of the model now when people are learning. It's like the instant you became a backer on Fate Core, they sent you the freaking game. It's a text file. There's no graphics, but they send you the complete rules, and and you know. It just it gets people that much more excited about playing it. Um, one of my uh, a couple of my heroes. Uh, now there are a couple exceptions to this, okay? But one of my one of my RPG heroes, Robin Laws, um, who you know among all his D and D work and he wrote Feng Shui and other things. He of course wrote the infamous Robin's Guide to Good Game Mastering uh, back in the day. Um, uh, Robin uh, has funded a successful Kickstarter uh, called Hill Folk. That and sounds I, very Lovecraftian. No, uh, quite the not so much. Not, oh, really? not so much. Not so much. Not so much. No, it's not. <laughs> it is a game that is definitely up Courtney's alley. Um, and <laughs> and uh, it, for people who've played Fiasco, I will describe it. If you could take the, the, the type of game that Fiasco is, where it's collaborative in the ultimate sense of the word, and it's all about the characters' interactions and interplay with each other, mm-hmm. and you turn that into a system that you could actually make a long-running campaign off of, that's what Hill Folk is. Hmm. Um, there's no, there's no GM. Yeah, I haven't. I've I've listened to to um, to, I've listened to their podcast a little bit and uh, listened to them talk about it, and it sounds fascinating. Although it's a, it's an interesting, um, isn't it like first century Palestine or something? Well, it's it's Bronze Age, basically. Bronze Age. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, it's, it's but the, the thing setting. is, um, that's they, the core. That's the core setting. But the drama so, system, the drama system can handle anything. And as all the stretch goals, Robin is releasing, and he got all these huge authors to write everything from space opera to vampire uh, 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 masquerade style, you mm-hmm. know. Hmm. Uh, New Orleans era themes to gladiatorial combat to World War One trenches. The system can handle just about anything. Um, yeah, it sounded neat from from listening to them talk about it. I um I haven't had time to check it out yet, but that was that was on my list. Yeah, the Bronze Age, Bronze Age Palestine or whatever. I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Hmm. So, but yeah, it sounded you know like the system was quite cool. It, it's it almost has sort of like a Conan the Barbarian feel to it. Cool. It's so like, very it's like Howard. It's like, well, no, it's it's more in in the sense of 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 that core setting of of Bronze Age is like, wow, this is familiar. Gotcha. And it's like it's like I can see this being history, but it's so completely foreign because it's almost prehistoric. You know what I mean? Um, or it is prehistoric. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's very um it's very interesting. But the exceptions to this, the bald the bald exceptions, the big the big dicks in the room can usually manage to produce <laughs> something. Without having anything written, and you know, if you're if you're Monty Cook, you can raise over half a million dollars to make an RPG that doesn't exist yet, um, which he did. <laughs> uh, well, for, he's 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 got the he's got the balls to back that up, though. He's he's got the cred to back that up, and that's why. Yeah. So it's like you you know that Monty Cook knows how to produce, and he's done it before. Um, and of course, Numenera. Um, another another one, a guy get up is Greg Stolze. Um, who uh, funded uh, the RPG Better Angels before it was completely written. Um, in fact, the the text file of the raw text with no graphics went out, I think, Friday hmm. uh, to, the, to the backers. And I spent the weekend reading over it, and that just 
that is one of the more unique concepts for an RPG I think I've ever heard of. Um, uh, the, the, the conceit is that uh, the PCs are supervillains. Hmm. And not like, okay. not like, I'm talking like, like, like silver and golden age supervillains, you know, completely flamboyantly garish, you know, steepled fingers, <laughs> you know, the, you're going to blow up the moon, you know, the, you know, that kind of supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the, the idea is that, um, so in this universe, superheroes exist and supervillains exist. And, these are people that have been possessed by angels and demons. Okay, that's just awesome. <laughs> and that that's where their supernatural abilities come from. And it's how the the it's how heaven and hell wage their war in the mortal plane. Hmm. And and Ooh. the, the the, Ooh. the, the key, You just the key, you just caught me out that hook. <laughs> now now oh no, it gets better. The key thing is though. You're playing a supervillain with 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 a with a who, someone who has a rider, quote unquote, a demon, right? Demons are the thing is you're a good person. You are a good person who has intentionally chosen to take a demon rider for a very important reason. Demons love death and destruction and murder and mayhem and rape and pillage. But what they love even more is spectacle. And so if you're flamboyant enough and you're garish enough and you're crazy enough, you, you can actually keep the demon entertained and maybe no one will die. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so send me the link. <laughs> so the 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 players have have taken you know as as a as the hero in the story you're a good person that's constantly trying to be a super villain in order to keep your demon in check and you don't want to piss him off because he might leave and when a demon possesses somebody who's not like you and who actually is an evil person that's that's happened many times in history those people's names were Genghis Khan Adolf Hitler where you have that's what happens so it it's absolutely fascinating the way the mechanics of the game are structured though it uses his one role engine which uh, has been around for a while but here's the kicker your character has two parts you and the demon the person sitting on your right controls and role plays your demon kind of like um shadow and wraith yes yes just like, yes and, and you are obviously controlling your human and the demon of the person on your left yeah and, and the whole, the whole to do that the whole, the whole system and the mechanics come down to bargaining uh, for what powers the demon is going to grant you, and, and it's like, kind of like this angel constantly, this devil on your shoulder constantly whispering to you, "Well, why don't you do? Why don't you kill him? Why don't you do this? Why don't you, you know, you know?" And, and uh, the demon treats you like they treat a car in the garage. It's like, you know, it, it gets you from place to place. And some people really love their cars, and maybe your car is like a pimped out ride. Maybe it's a Hyundai whose transmission is dying. But either way. You you want to you, you want to get into it and hope to God the damn thing doesn't break down because then you're hosed. So it 
it, it has the demon is is concerned about protecting you, but it's the the whole it's the interplay between you know and and as the mechanics progress, if you reach a point with some of your traits where the demon gains complete control over one trait or you gain complete control over one trait, that actually seriously influences the campaign because if the demon gains control completely, it can bodily drag you into hell, and that's like that's like five gold stars for a demon. <laughs> That's like super red. <laughs> and if if you reach the point where you gain absolute control in this one area, you can try and exercise the demon. And and if you do it properly, you might even permanently banish it to hell. So it it, it gets very very interesting. Um, but Greg's not playing see, this with Emery. I, I was gonna say I see fabulously bad things happening with this. Yeah, Greg Solti is a god. He is he is one of my heroes in role playing, um, and and only his sick, twisted brain could come up with something like this, and it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and again, it's not even made yet. He just sent us the Kickstarter backers the text file of the, you know what I mean? Oh, oh. I hate that you tell me about these things because I'm trying so hard to save money. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, I think Courtney's about to turn into a pumpkin. I am. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I've got a wife who's kind of going, I want to spend a little bit of time with you now. Well, I am also, I would kind of like to do that as well with, with my husband, not your wife. So. Damn it! So close! I'm sure she's a delightful woman, but... Well, Chris, hopefully we can get you on another time in between your extremely busy. This was a lot of fun, guys. Thank you for letting me ramble on for a couple hours. Hey, no problem. Sometimes you need to just unleash. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully I didn't damage anything in the process. Oh, not (laughs) anything on our end. (laughs) All right. All right. Thank you, Courtney. Good night, Clayton. Good night. Good night, everyone. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I've got a shitload of editing to do. All right. <laughs> Y'all, if you need help. Peace, love, and good gaming, guys. Good night. Oh, good night. Night. Terminate transmission of DKM Radio. When I saw.